Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Monday, January 30th, 13 degrees outside, but feels like three. Wind is seven miles an hour out of the north, so it's a little bit of a chilly one, but I will say it's still a nice winter day in Nebraska, without a doubt. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Riggins, always restoring American values and trying to bring common sense to the capital city. Mark Vale is producing the show. Got a nice little salute there. Johnny Cadillac is somewhere in the Caribbean, I believe, probably um, in the Atlantic heading south at this point, was my understanding. So he's having a nice vacation right now. And uh, we're just kicking off a new week. We've got uh, some old guests and we've got a new guest in studio today. We've got... uh, Matt and Mike from Branch Oak Observatory. Jack, they uh, are here, and while we don't have one specific event we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about comets, we're going to be talking about the whole show lineup, and we've got Phoebe from Chariots for Hope, who, welcome Phoebe. Hi, thank you. Who, Matt, is always generous in connecting this show, Drive Time Lincoln, with new guests and constantly educating me on things going in the community. So you're kind of doing my job for me, Matt. Well, you know, I think, you know, uh, I'm, I'm your wingman. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Matt, first of all, all let's, right. let's real quick, and maybe Michael needs to talk because I want to hear about the comment, want to come back to the comment, and I also want to talk about Chariots for Hope, <laughs> which Phoebe will do and educate us all on what that is because right now what i know it is is it's a really cool thing it's obviously chariots or hope might have something to do with some kind of wheels there are wheels involved yes and jordan larson is literally signed on their (laughs) t-shirts which is pretty cool so comets first mike a new comet you mentioned it to me i'm not going to run it down but i heard 2022 which means that thing was just found in 2022 that's right what Uh, do we got going the people have been calling it the quote-unquote green comet because of its color. Some people have been calling it the Neanderthal comet because of the last time it's been around. Its actual name is C slash 2022 E3ZTF, which, uh, <laughs> you know, people wonder, why, why do you put all these numbers on there? Actually, it, it means some very specific things. You caught the first one. Obviously, 2022 is the date that it was discovered. The E is the first half of March. It was actually March 20th, but the E is telling us is the first half of March. For instance, A is the first half of January. B is the second half of January. Okay. That's just how it works. Okay. Uh, the three just means that it was the third comet discovered in that particular two-week time period. Wow. Uh, this the ZTF is for a, a transient facility called the Zwicky Transient Facility in uh, Mount Palomar uh, Observatory. And they use this instrument to discover this particular comet. It's actually made to look for transient phenomena like supernova explosions and gamma ray bursts, but also moving things like asteroids and comets. Am, am I wrong to say Palomar in Southern California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That, that yep. observatory, right? Yep, yep. Oh. It, it's just one of the instruments there. Okay, one of the instruments, and it's one of the surveys that they're doing. Okay, and okay. So we're constantly looking, constantly looking, because the sky is always changing. The universe is evolving; it's changing, and that's why we're always looking again and again and again, looking for these changes. And that's what it did. Discovered us all a little change, and that little change was this particular comet. So if I try to break that down, a lot of great information there. I'll definitely remember the 2022. I didn't think we kept discovering comments. Oh, yeah. But I'll, yeah, but I'll remember that. But you said Neanderthal, which yeah, means yeah. 
this thing does not come around often. It doesn't come around very often. Uh, this is what's called a long-period comet. These long-period comets originate in the Oort cloud, which is a spherical cloud of icy material that is extraordinarily far away. I mean, we're talking the very outskirts of the solar system. Uh, it begins around a little bit outside of what's called the Kuiper Belt, and then it goes all the way to, believe it or not, about halfway to the nearest star to us. Mm. So this is a very large body, and uh, these things just are in this very tenuous orbit, and they'll just pop out of this and take a new orbit around the sun. That's why we have new comets all the time. So will we be able to see it? Will people be able to see it at a specific date we, window? You've, you've heard a, a great deal in the press lately. Uh, this, as it's getting closer to the Earth, it was at its closest to the sun, perihelion, earlier in January. Uh, it will be at its closest to the Earth on February 1st. It's already broken sixth magnitude. The magnitude system is a little wonky, but sixth magnitude is about the limit of human vision. It's okay. at about 5.3, which means that... Yes, it is within naked eye vision. However, it's a very diffuse magnitude. So it would, you would need to have extraordinarily dark skies, really good eyes, uh, to be able to uh, see it with the unaided eye. Right now, at its brightest, you'll still probably need a pair of binoculars or a small telescope. And of course, you need to know exactly where to look. And that's really the great thing about it is that right now, it's in a relatively easy location and at a good hour you don't have to get up at 3 a.m. you can go on out about 8 30 9 30 tonight we might actually have some clear nights here which is really exciting take a look towards the north look for the big dipper everybody is seeing the big dipper look for the big dipper it's going to be standing on end with its handle kind of pointing towards the ground and the cup near the top okay astronomers you probably heard them say the two stars in the top of the cup are the pointer stars because they point to the north star to the north star if you look at the pointer stars and move along about two-thirds of the way to the north star so not all the way then stop and then slowly pan upwards with your binoculars, look for this uh, kind of a spherical haze. And okay. that's it. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge, particularly because that darn moon is out. Okay. A bright moon competing with this. All right, folks, I always try to break things down to the simple. We're going to find the Neanderthal comet. I call <laughs> it the Green Comet. We're going to go to the Big Dipper, which, when you see it, you should have the essentially pan up into the sky and the two pointer stars which if you take those end you go to the north star two-thirds of the way from there look straight up and we're looking for a spherical thing pretty good that's it pretty good now keep in mind it's going to be extraordinarily faint it will look like maybe a smudge on your lens on your binoculars i mean it's not going to be an extraordinarily bright thing and uh you'll probably have a very difficult time seeing this green color that people have been talking about but folks it's worth the effort. Why think about it? Our forefathers literally navigated ships by the stars. People walked across continents by the stars. So, small little effort. Big Dipper, two-pointer stars up at the top, which is the pan part, pointing towards the North Star, two-thirds of the way. Look straight up. There you there go. You, there it. you go. There you go. Matt, that was pretty good for us. That's pretty good, Jack. Just an average guy, huh? That's an average guy. I'll tell you what. We're talking about, ah, geez, Kuiper Belt. Way out there, uh, Mike, you said some other things, and it made me think, well, it's perfect to talk about chariots for hope, because it's it's almost like, yeah, chariots, I mean, things being thrown at the earth, horses running, all kinds of stuff, and you brought a guest, Phoebe, in from Chariots for Hope. 
Yes. Tell me how you guys met and where you said, you know what, we got to get you on DTL. So our paths crossed here uh, last year, uh, kind of beginning latter part of summer. Uh, one of our coworkers, uh, William Lewis, uh, was diagnosed with rapid onset ALS, and uh, he he went from an able-bodied man to somebody who was confined to a wheelchair and no good way to get around. And so I remember seeing an article, hearing about chariots, and I thought, well, what the heck? I'll just reach out. And uh, originally, I started talking with Jason, and uh, and then he he uh, then made the connection with uh, with me and Phoebe, and I just I, I pled my case, and uh, she said absolutely we can work on. It. I said we have a tight timeline because we I, we just don't know how long unfortunately he's going to live, mm-hmm. and uh, in a very short period of time, matter of two three weeks, they were able to find a vehicle, one that was handicapped accessible, and uh, be able to get it all together, and then being able to present it, and uh, it did. The, the the unveiling was a little bit unique in the fact that there was some technical issues, uh, but we were able to get that overcome, and uh, we were actually able to to get it into their into their possession. And uh, the uh, the unfortunate thing about the disease is that it progressed to the point where William did wind up losing his life. Mm. Uh, but because of what the effort that they went through in order to help out William and his family, just spoke volumes to me. I mean, sure. these folks literally moved mountains, and uh, I have. I've done some research on them and looked back upon the people that they help, and it's incredible. And Phoebe, right here, is the key to why a lot of these families are getting the help that they need. Because you and I, you know, when you don't have reliable transportation, life becomes challenging, right? Uh, but when life throws a curveball to some folks, it's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And Phoebe comes in, helps to bring these people up and put them into a reliable vehicle that they can now begin to recoup their life. Wow, Phoebe, what a great intro. Um, folks, chariotsforhope.org is where you can go and, and find their website and what they do. I'll tell you right now, their tagline is it's, Beyond the cars, beyond cars. And um, so, you know, we're talking wheels. We're talking helping people out. Phoebe, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Matt, for that intro. You're welcome. Well, tell my audience, tell us um, kind of the history for Chariots um, for Hope and kind of where you guys got started and, and what the kind of the big picture mission is. Yeah, of course. Well, Cherries for Hope started in 2014, and it was by Jason and Michelle Hurt, the co-founders. And originally, they were just heartbroken over single moms and people that couldn't drive to the grocery store, couldn't drive to um, their doctor, just all the things that we take for granted. You know, people taking buses with seven kids, things like that. And they said, you know, we want to help people in this situation. So they started it off, um, like I said, 2014. Um, so it's been around and now it's been in the Lincoln market for three years. So did it start in Omaha? It did start in okay. Omaha. Okay. Yes. So it started in Omaha and really just helping everyday people with, you know, what I call daily living activities where um, there's there's no reason that there can't be a way to help folks out. And then that vision started growing. Mm-hmm. Well, the first year that they existed, they gave cars to 14 people. Well, now it's grown to about 77. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so Lincoln says, yes. wow, maybe we could use that down here. 
Right, absolutely. And come to find, after two and a half years of doing this, um, come to find there are tons of people that need to to get into cars in this very community. You know, um, we'll say it multiple times on this show, but how would people, how do people reach out? What's, what's the first step yeah. if there are people in need? that hear this and say, geez, that might be something that could help us out. Right. Well, that is a great question. And back to Matt, um, he people like him, that's the reason that we can exist. Stories that just wreck you and break your heart, come to us. Come tell us your story. That's our, that is what is our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So that, and we have about 100 plus community partners that are approved um and so they they send people our way okay mm-hmm. okay so really it's chariotsforhope.org um folks you know it, what it sounds like is you know if you're having a challenge if you're having um issues with transportation it's an organization to come and let let them know what's going on with you and it sounds like i mean did you say over a hundred community partners yes so being able to then harness that as well as your in-house stuff you have the ability then to help folks out mm-hmm. absolutely that that's pretty powerful it never ceases to amaze me in nebraska you know whether it be omaha or lincoln or somewhere out west we'll say it. I, I shouldn't say that but everybody out west says we're out west. You're, there's Lincoln and then there's Omaha. And so now I'm stuck in thinking about Nebraska that way instead of just one big family. But the, uh, the different programs and the different um, ways people go about helping others. And um, it's pretty amazing, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, Matt, I, I can only imagine that, um, you know, with ALS and, and people that have gone through that and as it tends to be a deteriorating disease is my understanding um that you know getting the support um when you need it on the timeline the right type can really make a difference not only to the individual but the people around the individual that's suffering yes and uh you know the thing about with chariots was that uh they didn't say no they said let's see what we can do it was an unusual ask because i I think uh, jason said they've only done two or three other you know true handicapped accessible vehicles they just don't come available that often and brand new i mean they're forty fifty thousand dollars or more and uh you know so to find one that uh that was used as it were and then being able to to uh, to get a hold of it and then they go through it top to bottom that thing when it when the when the person takes possession of it it's like a, a brand new vehicle and uh what was incredible about it was was the time frame was super tight and uh they i was kept up to date as far as what was happening the hardest part was to not tell the family that, hey, we got a vehicle, right? Mm. Because part of the reveal is the surprise, right? We kind of bring, they're brought to a location under false pretenses, uh, but for the right reasons. <laughs> sure, sure. Right? And uh, then to be able to have a vehicle drive in and then say, hey, look, this this is yours. Well, the morale boost, just that itself is huge for people when they're struggling. So um, I can understand that completely. And it would be the other thing, it would be difficult if God forbid, right? You gave somebody false hope, but I mean, by holding on to it and knowing this is coming and then doing a reveal, I mean, we've all seen those type of things or maybe even been part of it. And it's just so heartwarming and the morale to the people involved. um, That's a very good thing. What a neat model you guys have. Oh, thank you. Um, You know, well, let's see. We've got we've got uh, we've got Phoebe, we've got Matt, we've got Mike on the whole show. So 
Um, I'm going to ask more as we get in the second segment, maybe some stories, Phoebe, maybe uh, how you got involved, what your passion is behind it, and and some more testimonials, so to speak, so that uh, people will know what's out there for Chariots for Hope. And Branch Oak Observatory, uh, we've got a couple of minutes. Uh, when's the first big program this year? Well, we have a uh, collaborative event with the Prairie Astronomy Club coming up on the 10th. And uh, this is a program that they're doing just out at Branch Oak Observatory. And then afterwards, we'll just have a little uh, observing session as well. And the name of their program is How to Use Your Telescope. And it's exactly ah. what it sounds like. So during this time, <laughs> uh, a number of people, maybe maybe during the holidays, maybe uh, for a birthday, maybe something that just happened a month ago or something that happened years ago, they have a telescope, maybe in their living room or gathering dust in a closet. Here is your opportunity to learn how to use that telescope once and for all. Uh, these these folks know what they're talking about, and they'll put on a fantastic program and show you on your telescope where everything goes, how everything works. So it's a, a wonderful program. Again, that's February 10th. Our first official program out at Branch Stoke is going to be in March. So we have a little bit of time. That's March 11th, and that's called the Hunting Orion Star Party. Orion the Hunter is, of course, a fantastic winter constellation it's one of the absolute best constellations in the sky and it has within it the great orion nebula which is one of the great objects to see and we don't want people to miss out on the uh, great orion nebula and orion uh so what's what we're doing is we're inviting people out to uh, see orion before it heads down below the uh, horizon well, the one thing I noticed is you guys are getting smart, I think, with uh, your timeline to go March. Because we it's okay to get late in the season, but you were getting some pretty cold days last year. Yeah, yeah. We so, were. so you know, a March start date isn't bad. And uh, I think it's pretty uh, cool that you're doing literally a 101 on telescopes. Because now that you guys, Branch Oak Observatory, are regulars on the show... You don't know how many people text me, DM me their telescope, and then there's people that didn't know they had a telescope, and it was passed down. Sure, right? and they're like, I, yeah, "Yeah, I've got one." And so there you go, folks. You can go out to Branch Oak Observatory, put on by Prairie. That's the Prairie Astronomy. Club. Okay, the Prairie Astronomy Club, and literally they're going to do a, you know, which end is which, where the gizmos <laughs> yeah. go, how to dial it in, and you'll be you'll be set. You know, and uh, I know a lot of you uh, have reached out and. Shown me all kinds, from things bought this Christmas back to things that were, geez, maybe built in the 50s or 60s. But uh, that'd be a fun night. All right, we'll come on back uh, with Chariots for Hope and Branch Oak Observatory on 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks. We're whoa. We're back. <laughs> I think my mic was quite loud there. Maybe not though. Um, maybe I was just screaming in the microphone because I'm excited for Chariots for Hope and Branch Oak Observatory being in. That's probably it. Um, I'll tell you what. Mark Vale is producing, and I, Mark, you, uh, you get a lot of uh, hand gestures and head nods and different things, and I get from Johnny Cadillac. So we're gonna we're gonna have to work on our uh, team game here because I'm like, oh, did I do something wrong? Got engineers walking around here. Yeah, we do have engineers walking around, and we got microphones all over, and, and he doesn't have a mic right now, but uh, it's been an interesting show, at least if we uh, if we had a video camera in here. Uh, it's 12 degrees, feels like two. We definitely got the drive time Lincoln bump, 
We always get a degree one way or the other when we come in the show. Um, and the wind's still out of the north six miles an hour. Um, we'll have a good second segment. We're going to get more testimonials and more background of why Phoebe got involved for Chariots for Hope. Um, we'll talk more about the stars with Matt and Mike. And we'll just go from there. Pretty easy Monday. Enjoying it. Getting educated on a new comet that's out there. And the ability for all of you to go learn how to put your telescope together as well. 1,499.3-KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, second segment here on Monday, January 30th. I'm still Jack Riggins. I'm still the host of Drive Time Lincoln. I made it through the first segment. Mark Fales producing. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Human Elementary. I did late last week. I don't think everybody heard it, but uh, they got a Blue Ribbon Award, which is which means they were nationally recognized as a Blue Ribbon School by the United wow. States Department of Education. And uh, I think any time that you see our schools getting an award, especially a national award, it's a good thing. There's a lot of people that have different thoughts on schools right now, but one thing we know is that the educators um, are doing their very best and um, and all the people that you know teach our kids and you know, it's not without different policies everybody's been arguing about lately, but this is a good story. You know, Human Elementary School gets a Blue Ribbon Award, nationally recognized. So congrats to everybody there, and, you know, just keep on keeping on, because I've said before, kids and young people are the future of not just this country, but the world. So it's good to uh, invest in them. Uh, we've got Branch Oak Observatory, which itself is another piece of the education process if you will yeah well um you know just like a sport i always say well a sport's just an extension of education you know an observatory run by uh mike and matt and the whole team out there volunteers is another piece of education that you can learn about the stars and the galaxy and the universe and so they're in doing the same thing and we've got phoebe in from chariots for hope phoebe again welcome did you survive the first segment? Barely. I'm hanging on. I'm doing it. <laughs> tell me tell me how you got started or where your passion comes from for being, I think, the Lincoln coordinator of, of Chariots for Hope. Yeah, they've they've changed me. I'm the director of development okay. at this time, but I've seen everything from programs to area coordinating and on. So now I'm able to share that and hope people can attach to our mission. Was there was there any kind of specific incident or have you always been kind of a trying to find gaps and help people or giving if you will to say hey there's something that I or we could do? I mean, how did you mm-hmm. get involved? Yeah, my passion is helping people. So it all started at Lutheran Family Services. I was hired on as a recovery support specialist. Okay. So through shared lived experiences, I was able to facilitate classes and see people one-on-one that um, had challenges with um, maybe drugs, alcohol, substances. Oh, this show, this show is not <laughs> immune to the addiction. I always yeah. tell people that yours truly has survived it and it, it it can be beat you just have to get good friends around you to help guide you and it's something that nobody should be afraid of and oftentimes once people uh, 
are able to get through that, we find that they're great people, industrious, and and so I very much champion any programs that help people in self betterment, which is trying to you know recover from addiction. That is awesome. So I myself, you know, I've seen the stigma around mm-hmm. addiction, and I was going through some things yeah. at the time, and instead of um, having to hide from that or have shame from that, I actually got pursued. Somebody saying, "Hey, I heard some things that happened with you," and they weren't shaming me. They were saying let's use that to help right. other people awesome so i got in at lutheran family and um there was a therapist that was leaving and an application landed on my desk and it was a a, a client that wanted to sign up with chariots for hope oh cool i said who the heck's chariots for hope <laughs> who is this and so at the time it was a paper application you know we've progressed since then yeah <laughs> thank god but <laughs> i was you know i i dug into it and i saw this was a program that could help her get into a vehicle. I thought, that's cool. They're in Omaha. I don't need to ask questions. Well, four referrals later and getting people into cars, um, COVID season hit. So we were booted out of the office. We were on telehealth. Eight hours a day of Zoom. And I was just feeling kind (laughs) of a certain way, feeling a kind of way, you know, and I thought... You know, change would be good. And so I just, um, I got pursued by chariots and mm-hmm. they said, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm awesome. on my computer and the rest is history. So, wow. Yes. Wow. So yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you, you know, in a way you're, you're doing outreach therapy, being a friend and, and you're understanding the needs of people in that case, addiction. And then you see the needs of people that may need wheels. You know, and and as your tagline for Chariots for Hope is, you know, beyond the wheels. And that's true. You know, that's uh, the the giving, if you will, of the vehicle is just the mechanism of which to help. And that's pretty cool. Um, Again, folks, if you want to check them out, they're at chariotsforhope.org. Are you guys on social media? Is there anything else people need to know? Phone numbers or just go to the website? Yeah, thank you so much. And Jack, I wanted to make sure that I um, elaborate that it's Chariots number four, Hope. Org. So, yeah, we're all about the socials. Like us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. You know, obviously, we're pretty cool here. We're on TikTok. <laughs> oh, wow. Just kidding. <laughs> we're trying to expand our feelers with social media. So we like to share the stories. Well, you're a champion because um, I always screw something up every show. And you already caught it. I mean, if that's <laughs> all I screw up, it is Chariots, the number four, Hope. Dot org and uh, good catch there. I do have to ask you before I go back to the branch observatory, fellas. Um, Jordan Larson, obviously, she is literally on your logo on your shirt signed. Yeah. Um, she must be a supporter. She is a supporter. You know, it, it's crazy. I, I never would have thought, but she heard about our mission and she has been to events of ours um, and just graciously given her time, signed her name, talked to people. And it's because she knows our mission. Mm-hmm. She knows what we're doing. And she has um, given her name to our shirt. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is cool. And I mean, folks, uh, again, when you have uh, probably the most prolific volleyball player in Nebraska <laughs> history, and frankly, you know, right up there in the nation, um, you know, an Olympian with such a long career. That's pretty cool. And that's neat to know that she supports your mission, without a doubt. That's it's so cool. But it blew me away when I saw it on the T-shirt. I was like, I can't take this T-shirt. It's signed by Jordan Larson. And she's like, no, she actually gives us her signature. And mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, branched up. Yes. Matt or Mike, I need to ask you because last time Christmas, it seems like I haven't seen you, you know, well before Christmas, but uh, you had some initiatives with LPS going on. 
uh, yeah, so we started uh, our, our, our uh, fundraising project for our new multipurpose center. Okay. And the, the genesis of this was to provide a, an expanded space in which uh, students uh, from the local school district can come out and uh, get an, uh, a transformational uh, educational experience. The problem is, is our facilities were a little bit small as far as our classroom size, didn't have permanent restrooms, had porta potties. And, and so the whole idea was to just build a structure that gives us that opportunity. So we have indoor restrooms and we have this, gonna have this amazing open uh, classroom here that will allow us to conform that uh, into any configuration that we want to make sure that the educational experience uh, is enhanced the best. Lincoln Public Schools, Dr. Paul Gossman's come out three times, and then when we had our first fundraising event, he gave his stamp of approval. So we are uh, working with them, and, and we'll be working with their curriculum directors on how we can best enhance what they're already being taught at Lincoln Public Schools. You know, when I was young, and I'm sure most of us in this room, the coolest thing you could find was a planetarium. Mm-hmm. That you know they took the, you know these days I can't imagine three D lasers all kinds of stuff but it was like the projector up on the wall but I'll tell you what that I I I would imagine that almost every child that gets a chance to just back in the day go to a planetarium was amazed and remembers it and to be able to get access not only for just families coming out to Branch Oak Observatory but working with LPS to get some kind of curriculum to where the opportunity for kids to see real stars. Uh, can be a huge game changer for turning lives around, and I think that's really cool. Yep. So the one thing that we haven't really talked about, and and, I'm, and I'll just touch upon it here, is that our staff that we have, uh, our uh, volunteer staff, our executive team, our advisory board, uh, they're a virtual who's who in the world of academia and in the business world here in and around Lincoln, Nebraska. And they're part of our team. And it's just incredible what they bring to the table. And this gentleman right here to my left here, and he's doesn't like to toot his own horn too much, but I'll tell you what, uh, he is the heart and soul of our education and what happens at the observatory. Because whether you're an academic, you are a young four-year-old kid, or you're a person that just has a casual interest, he knows how to relate. And then really, we, we talk about bringing the night sky down to earth in a method and a language that those individuals will learn from, understand, and bring back to their home. Well, that, that's a heck of a compliment. And, you know, I, ju- I just realized, but that's true because um, you do come in here and you explain it. And trust me, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. And uh, every time. I learned something from you, and we're able to break it down. But, you know, one of the things I've never asked you, and I know we'll talk about mm-hmm. your shows, I've never asked you where you got your passion for the stars and education. And, uh, you know, where where did that come from? You know, we, we might have mentioned it years ago when we were first on. Maybe. Uh, Matt and I had, uh, strangely enough, kind of a, a similar similar experience and the funny thing is it's a it's an experience that we've run into a number of times and uh i was willed a telescope okay. uh, given to me uh by my father and my grandfather and uh they had passed away i um opened up the the box didn't know anything about it uh asked my mom and my stepfather to you were young though to help me i was very young okay to uh help me set up the telescope and they they said no and so I said, okay, I'll, I guess I'll do it myself. So I set up this telescope out on the deck, which is not a great place to set up a telescope, but I didn't know any better. I set up the telescope, 
kind of learned what I was doing by myself, saw a single star. I was in Omaha and Millard. Skies weren't great. I saw one single star, pointed the telescope at that single star, and that star was actually the planet Saturn. And through that little tiny telescope, little 60-millimeter Sears refractor telescope that was uh, already very old at that time, I could see the rings of Saturn. And the astronomy bug bit me really hard that night. Wow. And it stuck with me uh, the rest of the, the rest of my years. I uh, uh, was kind of a, a an introvert and at school uh, the uh, one of the one of the things that we had to talk about this wasn't astronomy but it helped me uh, kind of in my performance game uh, they wanted us to give a a talk on a particular subject and I built a motor built a, a uh, uh, an engine model <laughs> and I knew the thing inside and out and that's when I discovered the secret of talking in front of a group mm -hmm. Was just knowing what you're talking about, <laughs> and and I just went off and I talked about this thing in and out. And after that, I, I realized, you know, this isn't something to be afraid of. This is something to embrace, yeah. to be able to uh, to teach, and of course to learn along the way. And uh, since that time, I've been educating since that very moment. I actually went to the University of Nebraska at Kearney. It was Kearney State College at that time. Right. And uh, uh, before I had uh, went into the uh, department, I'd already built a number of lasers and some other electronics. And I went into the physics department and uh, knocked on the door of the uh, of the uh, the head of the physics department. I just said, "Yeah, I just want to let you know that I'm here." And he goes, "Okay." <laughs> and I and I brought some of my lasers, brought some of my electronics, and the uh, and he said, "You can be the department head." <laughs> two, two weeks later, they're having me do science demonstrations. Wow. And I became a lecture demonstration specialist for the department as a as a freshman. Wow. And then became the uh, planetarium director, kind of a student planetarium director, and a student observatory director. Wow, that's incredible. Um, we have not got that much detail. Yeah. I don't because I, I would remember it because it's a it's a phenomenal story. Um, and then on to you know obviously, uh, and you're a lifelong learner. You can tell. I mean, you're just not like teaching. And well, this is what I was taught. I mean, the fact that you get so excited when we bring up you know, Hubble or anything out there. I mean, it just continues to go on. And you know, so. Teaching at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln for the last eight years, I have just recently left the university, but teaching there for the last eight years, the thing about science and the thing about astronomy is that it is always changing. Yeah. And the moment you say one thing, you learn that it's that last week they discovered something else <laughs> or something different. So you really have to be uh, on your game and always kind of be open-minded and be able to scour that information out there. So, and that was one thing that was always very important to me is to give the most up-to-date information yeah. to my students. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and and this is just another extension, like we've been saying. Um, let me go back real quick uh, to Phoebe. Phoebe, any events coming up or anything for Chariots for Hope going on? Just continuing to take. Um, I guess, uh, you know, I don't want to say service calls, but stories um, or um, any data points that you'd like to put out? Well, sure. We do have our biggest event of the year, and that's going to be 
um, at Peter's Place, which is Peter Fink's Muscle Car Museum. And that is going to be the 18th of May. Okay. And that's, you can go to our chariots number four hope.org website and you can find all that information. And you just signed yourself up for coming back on closer to that so we can continue to uh, get the word out because that just sounds pretty cool. Muscle cars giving good Nebraskans giving back and helping people that, that need help. Yeah, there's just a little teaser, but you'll be able to find out more. Um, you asked about numbers, so I'll just kind of spew out a couple here. Um, over 800 people served through one of our programs and services um, last year. Over 100 cars donated from our community donors. Wow. Can't do this without our donors. Um, we've helped 60 people secure and maintain employment by providing them with a reliable vehicle. And also, there's been about 600 gospel seeds planted through our programs. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Chariots for Hope, the number four, folks, for hope.org. You can check them out, and uh, we'll make sure to have you back as we get closer to May 18th. And uh, we'll continue to talk and see if we can get people out there. And I appreciate you coming in and educating us all on what's out there. Because you know what? A lot of people don't know. I mean, we don't know what we don't know. You know, Matt, what about the the observatory? We, we've hit a couple of dates. We've got, you know, I'm calling it how to build your telescope. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got how to use your telescope. Excuse me. How to use your telescope. We've got a roadmap that I will never forget to see the Neanderthal comet, yep. the green comet, yep. I'm going to call it. Um, what else is going on? You start in March. Well, kind start, of February. Well, but. you know, uh, back up just a little bit here. Uh, we're breaking ground uh, on our new multi-purpose center here. Okay. Uh, middle to end of February kind of depends upon the weather. Uh, our goal, our, our builder would like to have it ready to go May 4th. And, of course, may the 4th be with you. May the 4th be, be with, with you. you. We yeah. had to do that, didn't we? We did, yeah. So he's a Star Wars nut. He really, uh, you know, uh, he, he's, he's bought into the vision, you know, locks stock and barrel and uh th- this project simply would not happen uh had it not been for uh stonebrook exteriors uh, blue core construction uh they have personally invested uh two-thirds of the cost of this project wow just just absolutely incredible and that's why that makes it much easier on the back end you know to raise additional funds which by the way you know as we're growing we're we're, we're going to need uh, the help from the community and uh, so you can go to branchstokeobservatory.com right on the fa- right on the homepage there uh, there's a tab on how you can help and it gives a list of different ways including financial contributions so uh, uh gifts big or small it really doesn't make any difference we really need uh to to have your support cuz as we continue to grow uh, more offerings. We're going to be hiring staff uh, and and providing what we call transformational educational experiences. You know, just really quick about what Michael said. I had a, a similar experience. Got a uh, Montgomery Ward's telescope. It was in December and uh, went outside, froze my tail off, saw this one object in the sky. Turns out to be Saturn. And it was amazing all the way through, you know, through college. And then, of course, cars and girls got in the way and got married. And, and that kind of took a back, back seat. <laughs> I Michael, love how you just fit that in there. <laughs> Michael and I, he, we, we, we did overnights together at the observatory. I was a facility manager at there. At the SAC Museum. At the SAC Museum. And uh, he set one up telescope and says, hey, Matt come on over here and had this big 10 inch Schmidt Cassegrain up there. And he said, take a look at that. And I looked at that and it was Saturn. 
And it just all those memories come flooding right back there. And then we that was a I think that was our real connection at that point. And uh, ever since then, we I mean we were going to build an observatory and all that at the at the museum. Uh, that didn't happen, uh, but we never lost that passion. And then when this opportunity became available nine years ago, it was it was started. And uh, eight years ago, it really got established. And so we're just absolutely blown away with what has happened uh, the last nine years here at the Branch Stoke Observatory. And that's probably the most amazing thing is that we get to actually provide that moment of wonder for hundreds and hundreds of people, young kids, get yeah. to look through that telescope and see Saturn, see Jupiter, see these objects for the very first time. And we get to see that that wonder. We get to see that hit them at a at a very, very deep level. I love it. Folks, uh, there's not going to be a drive time Lincoln tomorrow. Just so you know, we got Husker basketball. But for everybody in the audience, I want you to answer this question when we come back. Star Wars, Star Trek, or Interstellar? All right. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, folks, we're finishing up here. We've got about one minute. Uh, Phoebe, we did have the classic mistake on Drive Time Lincoln. It is May 19th. Classic mistake, live radio, yes. It is Feel the Freedom is the event, and it's May 19th. May 19th. We'll have you back on, and we'll make sure everybody gets the right date. But it's May 19th for the Feel the Freedom event. Uh, Matt, Mike, Phoebe, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a lot, Jack. We are going to answer. We've got the answers to what's the best star movie out there. We'll talk about that on Wednesday when we come back on Drive Time Lincoln because there is no show tomorrow due to Husker basketball. So I will see everybody Wednesday, 1499.3 KLIN. From the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studio.